Welcome to EXO number 25, Five Years Missing in Photographs. It's kind of hard to name EXO episodes sometimes. Usually it's the last thing I do. I just listen through and try to find some kind of phrase that stands out to me, and that was the one from this episode. Kind of a weird title for it, but... So you may have noticed that EXO episodes do not come out very quickly. I guess they never did, but it's like really, really slow lately. I guess, uh, you know, trying to find my way a little bit with this show. And then what surprised me is I was having dinner with my friend Joel one night, and uh, we were recording just some shit, blabbing about some stuff for uh, another podcast that we do together. And he started telling me about his divorce. And, you know, within a few minutes of him telling this story, my brain clicked in of like, wait a second. I'm going to use this for XO. This is a great XO story. And then I worked on this episode way harder and a lot more consistently than any of the other ones since Scarborough, dude. You know, to the point where I actually finished it, for instance. And I think that's one thing I learned, is that I'm a lot more interested in stories about people that I know. It's just that much more unique and gripping and applicable to my life, I guess. Like, I'm willing to put in the hours. It gives it some extra value. Man, you know, it's kind of hard to record off the top of your head. Like, what the fuck am I talking about? What exactly am I trying to get across here? I guess just that this is XO episode 25, and it's about my friend Joel, and I like it a lot. And here it is. Did I tell my story on air? Well, no, it's a good time. I mean, yeah, sure, we're not. My ex-wife, she had been uh, really sketchy for for a few weeks. There was this friend of mine. I was designing his magazine. It was like a zine that had aspirations to become a weekly paper. Right. It was very music driven and it was really fun and we got to hang out with cool people. I run my hands down your neck, across your back to another fret. I know you're fragile. We were always hanging out and whatever, and the two of them got to talking and kind of hit it off, kind of thing. Was this magazine called How to Fuck Your Friend's Wife? No, it wasn't. Because that would have been a clue.
long story short, him and my wife ended up hitting it off, and to a point where it started to get uncomfortable. Like she would just go out with him on her own. And I can see right through your skin. Your bones are hollow, the paper thin tonight. Your weightless. I know the way you feel. You never speak when we're making love. You never mean it when you come to me with your arms stretched, defenseless and A mutual friend of ours was the first person to point it out. And I never, like, I'm not a jealous guy, right? So it didn't even occur to me till this other girl was like, uh, what about um, uh, Tanya and, uh, and Jimmy? What's up with that? So my wife Tanya and uh, this dude Jimmy were like hanging out, and I was totally fine with it. And I was like, "You got a thing to do? I got shit to do. I got Final Fantasy to play." You know, like it was that sort of thing. It was like I was hanging out at home, and she would go out with this dude, and she would always claim that oh, they talked about this other girl that he had a crush on, and, and that was always her story. I got my first real job. It was my first like professional magazine job. It kinda mattered to me and I would do these press checks on the weekends. Girl of my so I'd go up to Edmonton once a month. And one of the times I went up, I knew shit was wrong, and I ended up hanging out with some friends in Edmonton. I was like, kind of basically like telling them, like, "Holy fuck, I like, I don't know what's going on in my life," kind of thing. And I came back, and she was weird and distant, and said, you know, I think I just need some space. How long were you guys married? Maybe like a year and a half, but we had been together for like six years. I said, okay, what do you mean by space? Well, just, like, maybe for the summer. I just need some space. Again, I'm not a jealous guy. She could do whatever she wanted. I was not, like, on her.
so that was weird. And I was like, okay, I, I guess this is what a husband is supposed to do. Okay, that's that's cool. I'll give you some space, like for how long? And you know, she goes, well, maybe for the summer. And I said, well, what about Jimmy? You know, and she said, oh no, God, no, 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 no. We're just friends. I'm like, okay, because like I heard some stuff and I was a little, I didn't want to say anything, but I'm a little stressed about it. And, oh no, please, please forget, forget about him. It's not an issue. What do In Calgary, there's this thing called the Lilac Festival, which is this big piss-up that happens once a year on the street that we live. So weird, too. That's the home of the Calgary Stampede and apparently the Lilac Festival. I know. It's, it's <laughs> such bullshit. But Lilac Festival is like... Like, the Stampede is the thing for, you know, the rest of the country. Lilac Festival is just for It's Calgary. just for you. It's just yeah, for you guys. It's just for us. <laughs> Both of which make me want to hide in my apartment. Um... As we had done living in Mission, which was the neighborhood, every Lilac Festival we would go to Duckies, which is a karaoke joint, and we would just like set up camp and get pissed up and like do some songs and you know, we were locals there, so we always got preference on Lilac Fest, right? Right. So she tells me this and the next day is Lilac Fest and we go and she won't even sit next to me. And I'm like, I'm losing my mind. And then she gets sick from sunstroke and drinking and whatever. And I carry her home and then I go back. And I come back and the laptop was on the coffee table. Now it's on the uh, kitchen room table. And I'm like, okay, that's weird. And 
and then she's still in bed and she's like oh I'm so sick and I'm like okay I'm like have you been here the whole time oh god I couldn't even move I'm like okay this is fucked up next day I go to work this job I had coincidentally happened to be like next door basically so I would just walk home for lunch kind of thing and I came home for lunch and there's her laptop sitting there I'm staring at it, and I'm like, there's something in there. <sighs> I have to look. And like, you know, again, not a jealous guy, so the fact that I even looked is such a big deal to me. something's not right and you need answers so I'm like fuck it so I go in her password is so easy because did you not know it did you guess it that day I guessed it because there were only a couple of things that it could have been lilac festival yeah exactly <laughs> I heart Jimmy <laughs> And that was the funny thing, is her computer suddenly had a login. It had never had a login. I logged in, and I look in her email, and there's nothing there. I'm like, okay. There's nothing there. It's all cool. And then I look in the trash of her email. And it's like probably about a month of correspondence between her and Jimmy. And it was just... It just progressively got like it started about trashing me well it didn't start it was like innocent and then it got to a point where it was trashing me he was trashing me and she was like I know what a what a fucking arrogant douchebag and it escalated to a point where how you doing are you okay you need some time for yourself I, I booked you a spa package and then it's a confirmation for the spa package, which happened to be the very fucking same day that I was looking. And I'm like, okay. And then I read a little further, and then it's talking about how she feels like such a bad girl because she's been making out with him while I, I was away in Edmonton, you know, doing a press check or whatever. And I don't know what to do. So I fucking kick everything in my house over, smash everything, and flip the fuck out. And then I go back to work. And 
and I go back to work, and I, you know, there's there's no fucking way to hide it. Um, I think my wife's cheating on me. And my, uh, not my boss, but, uh, the editor. Uh, if you're a graphic designer, the editor's kind of your co-pilot on a magazine. She goes, why are you here? Go the fuck home. Sort that shit out, kind of thing. I go home and and I look at the place and it's trash and it was like that's how I intended to leave it for her and instead I clean the whole house put all the tables back up, I put all the chairs, I, I pick up all the broken dishes that, and toss them out, and, and I wait, and I smoke like a hundred cigarettes, and I just wait for it to come out. And she comes in the door at, at around like four, and it's like, "Oh, what are you doing home?" And I'm like, yeah, I'm, just, "I'm just home." Like, How's your day? Good. I got I got these shoes. I'm like, "Oh, did Jimmy buy those for you?" And she's like, "No. Why did he buy me his shoes?" I'm like, "I don't know, because he bought you a spa package today." <laughs> and she's like, "What? What? What spa?" <laughs> How does that? That's so ridiculous too. Like it's so often, ridiculous. When it's point blank, like boom, yeah, like like you're busted. Fuck you. <laughs> and so we get into this whole thing. And and meanwhile, while while she was out, I've called him. I left a message on his phone saying, 
you and me need to talk. And he, apparently, like a bitch, he's called her and said, uh, uh, Joel called me, uh, uh, I don't know what to do. <laughs> so she knew even when she got No, home? she didn't know. Oh, she didn't get the she, che- she checked her messages while I was there. Right. And she was going, oh, shit, Jimmy just called. Oh, fuck. But she was, like, she was belligerent. And this is why my ex-wife is a fucking crazy bitch. But, like, she was kind of flipping and laughing about it, you know, the whole time. I'm confronting her, and then I look at the clock, and I go, I gotta go. And she goes, where are you going? And I go, oh, I have to meet Jimmy. It's like, what? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I found out this, I called him first. Let me put you in the So he had left repeated messages, but because she was talking to me, she never got them. So she checked these all while I was confronting him. And unfortunately, this is my only regret to this day that I did not fucking punch this guy in the face. I didn't. I called him every name under the sun, like down two beers, and said, you're paying for these, and fucking walked out. He was terrified. He honestly thought I was going to fucking kick the shit out of him. Yeah, no, it, was, it was pretty good. I, like, I'm proud of myself that I had the balls enough to call this dude and say, like, we're going to talk. And I totally don't remember how the conversation between him and I went because I was, like, so jacked up on adrenaline that I said shit at him. I don't remember what I said. I don't remember what he said. All I know is that I looked him in the eye and then told him he was paying for my drinks and walked out. So then how did the things wind down? How things wound down is the next day, my ex-wife moved in with her parents and said, I just need some time to think. And that proceeded to 
really fucked things up because it was it it, it became less about us but and became more about him versus me which is never the position that you want to be in there's a way over me today something i have to say love you too much to leave don't like you enough to stay So Jimmy stayed in the picture. He didn't. Uh, I think she's engaged to him right now. Oh, I guess in some weird way, at least that's at least that went somewhere, right? Well, <laughs> the thing is with her is that she's never been on her own. Even when I met her, she was with somebody else, right. and she kind of like bailed on that relationship to be with me. And it's not good, because it, all it means is that you take that baggage into the next relationship. Now, they're engaged. I don't know the ins and outs of their relationship. The only way I could see it working is if he's a total bitch. Like, if he totally takes it. If he is that guy, then good for him. She's probably happy. <laughs> right. But on the other hand, I mean, like, to be fair, outside of my own ego, we were not compatible. We didn't get along. We fought constantly. But that was also part of the attraction is, like, we were just oil and water, right? Right. You know, I've said she's crazy before, but I don't know if she's crazy. You know, like, she was crazy with me. Like, she's, she could be sane for somebody else. I don't know.
and you know it's kind of awful to say but when you're mentioning the uh, the emails in the trash I'm like oh god I would strangle a kitten to be able to read those that would be an amazing thing to read <laughs> oh my god yeah <laughs> it would be like a novella oh that would be the best oh. even though it's about them behind your back I mean it wouldn't be fun for you but for me I'd no uh, but at this point that would be amazing for me like yeah. <laughs> like I really wish I would have copied them and like saved them you know like I'll fucking say it now. I went home and I had passwords to all of um, Jimmy's websites and deleted all of them. Uh, uh, That's nice. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. is like I worked for this guy, right? So I had passwords to all his websites. I had all his vital information. And he fucked me over. So, fuck him. A friend of mine who lives here in Toronto happened to be visiting... And kind of had a chat with her privately where she had always professed to me that, no, she was not fucking him and blah, 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 blah. My friend Gary was like, okay, she slept with him. It's over, dude. Let's let's put on some uh, Chris Isaac and Forever Blue, we put on uh, Matthew Sweet, Altered Bees. Um, what else? Uh, Lenny Kravitz, um, Mama Said, Fleetwood Mac's Rumors. Uh, so it was all breakup albums. And we went through my house and packed up everything into garbage bags. I've been waiting all night long. Well, I've been waiting to sing your song tonight. If you help me, just help me find your key. And the only thing I regret about that is that I threw out photographs. Because I have five years missing in my life in photographs. And I regret that a lot. So, yeah. But outside of that, it was a really good purge. And I can see right through your skin. Your bones are hollow, the paper thin tonight. Your weightless. I know the way you.
You had some inter- interesting things to say. I had some interesting had some things, things to say. What if he ha- spoke like this all the time? You could live in Spain. Because Barcelona. Then it would be very sexy. It would be very sexy. I am from Barcelona. My name is Hol. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> As in manhole? As in, please, come to my bar. It's called the manhole. <laughs> So with your list, yeah. you'd be a Spanish gay guy. Possibly. Spanish gay entrepreneur. Possibly gay, though. Could be the manhole. Could be like a it's, really jockey. It's just the name of my bar. Come, we'll smoke some fags. We will dance a little. Do some merengue. <laughs> it's and very nice. And what's your name? I am surrounded by beautiful women. If you like, you like. I like. It's a good bar, though, the manhole. (laughs) And of course, my name is (laughs) Hall. Oh, Lord. Now I want to go there. Yeah, it'd be a... Uh, what do you st- oh you used to crack me up can you still do your Sean Connery ah uh, no no you know what it's funny it's um it's been so long since I've actually busted out accents that I've lost the ability but yeah no. all I know is your Sean Connery used to crack me up yeah I can't do it anymore too bad yeah there's enough people who do Sean Connery and but it was you doing it because it was kind of craptacular. Yeah, because it wasn't it wasn't that great. It, was... it wasn't that great, but it was just very good. I think that might that clinched the deal with me. Really? Your Sean Connery impression and Black Dog at oh, karaoke. Doing, uh, doing Black Dog at karaoke. Wow. Yeah, because there was a kick. You're a special kind of girl. I, um... Well, it's funny because Jen is also divorced. And so this is now, yeah, your second marriage for each of you exactly. and your current wife. When I met Jen, it was just like, we got the same jokes. She was difficult in a really awesome way, like, where she would, for the first five minutes of introducing her to my friends, I was convinced that her and my friend uh, Mason hated each other for a solid five minutes, which is an uncomfortable amount of time when you're introducing two people. And then they both bust out laughing. I'm like, oh, thank God. (laughs) Jen was a fucking breath of fresh air to the point where it was like I didn't know how to deal with her at first. But but she also said that she wasn't, she didn't think that we were going to date seriously, so she was kind of toying with me a little bit. (laughs) Right. And it was funny because it took a while for me to, like, kind of impress her as a a person. I met Jen before I kind of, well, maybe not before, kind of early on when I was kind of sleeping around. And she thought I was gay. (laughs) And, uh, and, you know, okay. Okay. Figuratively, or literally thought you were Well, I dressed fancy. Right. And therefore, I could not be a a heterosexual man. Because, like, I I think I was wearing a scarf or something. I don't know. 
I went to art school, so from my point of view, I was the straightest fucking guy in the world, right? <laughs> um, so I met her, and I was wearing a pink shirt and a scarf, and, and it was just like, we talked about Simpsons for most of the night, right? And, uh, but we, we talked for fucking six hours. And I was like, this is the best first date ever, kind of thing. And she was like, I had a really good time with that gay gentleman, <laughs> you know, from her point of view. But I made enough of an impression that she just kept inviting me to things. And she thought we were just buddies, and I thought we were doing some sort of courtship dance. And so I just kept going to these nights. And there was this Christmas party that happened. And by this point, I had, like, two other girls that I had been seeing on a semi-regular basis. And so I was kind of like, I, like, Jen I liked the most, and these other two girls were cool, but, you know, it wasn't quite there. So I went to this Christmas party with Jen, and then she introduces me to this guy... I'm like, okay. Oh, so she introduced you to a guy she was kind of messing She was kind of messing around with. I get it. And I'm like, okay, but I kept getting her wine all night, and I kept kind of like trying to be like, hey, I'm into you kind of thing, even though there's this dude there, and I'm just like, fuck me. The end of the night rolls around, so as I'm leaving, there she is at the bar making out with this dude, and I'm like, ah, well, you know, I gotta go, and see you later, and she kind of walks me out, and I'm like, well, it wasn't meant to be, maybe in another life. And she's like, ah, oh, you're so nice, and I'm like, yeah, okay, see you later. And I go, and I go to this other bar, and I'm drunk, and I'm belligerent to... I get there, and the other girl I'm interested in, there's this other douche macking on her, and it's just like a bad night for me, like, with other dudes. Long story short, Jen and this dude kind of, like, he's apparently a douchebag and it fizzles out. And then she calls me again. It's like, you want to go see a movie? And I'm like, okay. And we go see a movie, and then the next time she calls me, she's like, do you want to just go for a drink? And at this point, I've clued in. I'm like, okay, we're just friends. And so I start spewing. I start telling her about all the girls I've been sleeping with, and I tell her all this sort of shit that's been going on in my life. 
and she basically like stares at me and hears like all this crap and goes, I'm really attracted to you. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> so yeah, basically she just like threw a wrench into the machinery that was my life at the time and, uh, and God bless her for it, so. Oh my God. Um, do you remember when you were in school and you had that um, bucket drawer? And you started off the school gear, or at least I did, with like, you had your pencils and your pens and your textbooks all sort of organized in that bucket drawer thing that slid in and out? I can't even remember. And then by the end of the year, it's just like a big box of like chip bag wrappers and garbage and snot that you've wiped inside. Oh, there. disgusting. No. I was a boy. Oh, that poor sock. Yeah, we have socks over our mics. <laughs> I also have socks over my junk right now. <laughs> so, is that a kid's sock? <laughs> <laughs> it's a dress sock. Just putting a little more class into things. <laughs> it's a kid's dress sock? Where would you get a kid's dress sock? It's strange. It's a puppet sock. <laughs> <laughs> so it has two eyes on it? Exactly. Look. A brown a button and a red button. Make it a dance. <laughs> and you can always, you always know when you're going to get into it with a crazy person. If you're going to have a relationship. Apparently I don't. Apparently I have a blind spot for crazy. What are you trying to say? No, no, no. I'm saying you seem really normal to me, <laughs> but given my track record. I could turn crazy? Ex exactly. Or I'll just one day go... Why are you holding a knife to my throat? I don't understand. Maybe you turned into a zombie. I love you now. Look at us, we're beautiful. All the people push and pull, but let's just go out and ride. Talk about the things we try. I think zombie holds up in court now. Your Honor, I thought he was a zombie. I plead zombie. Or vampire. Yeah, I always thought it was kind of charming with you guys, how you do Squid Pod together and stuff. Just that idea of just even doing a podcast with your wife or that, you know, you'll talk about like with uh, now that you have a baby, that it's just harder to find time just to hang out. And I'm like, man, that's such a novel concept. People that are married and actually want to hang out <laughs> with each other. That's fantastic. Well, she's my, like, like, she's honestly, like, she is my favorite person. Like, it's, it's, yeah, and, that, and that's how you know it works, right? Like, that's how you know it's a, it's a marriage when you're like, shit, when I don't hang out with you, I miss you. Basically goes like, I, I either want to hang out with myself or Jen. <laughs> right. You know, like, those are my two priorities. Like, I, I'll get frustrated if I haven't had alone time in a while or I haven't hung out with her.
let's destroy some elephants, and I mean that figuratively. Cause everyone knows that I like you, and they're saying that you should like me. Cause you've got me writing lyrics in stats class, and humming tunes in lab, and I have been adding up all the numbers. I think I stand a chance. So if you need someone to talk to, I think I could be good at it. And if you need someone to kiss you, I hear I'm pretty good at it. And if you need someone to love you, I'm already good at it. I think I could be good, and you're definitely good. So grab my hands and get this over with. XO25, five years missing in photographs. For more shows, please visit keithcourage.com. Joel and Jen's podcast, Squid Pod, can be found at squidpod.com. And me and Joel do a podcast together with some other guys called The Vinyl Countdown, which is at vinylcountdown.ca. This is the Keith version of this podcast with music that I picked. And as an experiment, I also made a version with music that Joel recommended to me. So if you'd like to hear the Joel version and see how the tone of the show changes with different musical accompaniment, you can download that at keithcourage.com. Definitely good, so grab my hands and get this over with. I'm not saying I'm the one, but you never know until you try. So I'll write this corny song for you, cause in person I'm way too shy. And I'm smiling at you from across the hallway, position myself just right. And I'm doing my hair every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Will you notice me this time? Cause if you need someone to talk to, I think I could be good at it. And if you need someone to kiss you, I hear I'm pretty good at it. And if you need someone to love you, I'm already So grab my hand and get it over with Just grab my hand and get it over with Two months to go. Two months until I can have red wine, chocolate, as much caffeine as I want. So can I ask you something, Jen? Yes. What have you achieved in seven months? That, you cannot ask me that question. I'm creating life, and that's what I'm achieving. All right. That's my answer. Okay. So what do you think is going to be the most awful thing about having a baby? Um, poop. (laughs) Really? Okay, well, that's good then. Yeah, I don't know. Poop, screaming, not sleeping. You're just talking about me. Yeah, yeah. What else would I be talking about? (laughs)
I like to doze, which I think I kind of doze, but like, yeah. Okay, well, have fun. Have a good nap. Okay, bye, Dinks. Bye. Bye, Dink. Bye, Dink. Yep. Just a couple of Dinks in this house. You know what you sound like? You're all like, ooh. Yeah, that's you. Oh, now you're quiet. How come you're so quiet now? You were screaming your head off earlier. Oh, there we go. Another one? <laughs> <laughs>